We ready. We ready. We ready. Oh my. What is up for? Collins, it is border war week. You know what that means. We are talking CSU. We are talking Wyoming. We are talking bronze boot. It's all about the rivalry week. And I don't know about you guys, but I could not be more excited to finally, finally have a relevant college football game in the front range in Colorado that I can attend in person. I will say... If, if I could give up my seat to allow the CSU, you know, to allow more fans in the stands, I'd do it in a heartbeat. There are plenty of people that I wish, you know, could be there that deserve to be there. Unfortunately, it's a tough situation. At the end of the day, at least we have some college football to consume. Before we get into the podcast, got to talk about my friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Nobody reps the Rams harder than my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, a husband and wife duo that have been helping people for a decade plus. Look, if you're wondering if the rates are as good as you're hearing, you need to call them. They're absolutely incredible right now. They can help and save you hundreds of dollars a month, thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. You know, these guys, they can help you find out if you're eligible to reduce potentially even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, your tax situation, Mike and Virginia will work through it all and help you find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, or call Mike directly. Tell him Justin from DNVR sent you. Call him at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, you can visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. Obviously, uh, it's a great rival game, and uh, certainly the team we're playing is a, a well-coached, well-disciplined outfit. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Craig Bowl. I've gotten to know him and I really, uh, you know, feel like I see things through a lot of similar eyes that he sees them through. He's a hell of a coach. They got a hell of a staff and their program is, is really, I think, really a great program. A big physical team, um, and uh, well coached. So uh, it's going to be a heck of a challenging game and an exciting game. And I just think the rivalry what college football is all about. Unfortunately, we all, we all wish we could be playing in front of a packed stadium. I'm just curious, just since you've arrived in Fort Collins, what have you kind of learned about the importance of this specific rivalry just to the team, like to returning players and also the community in Fort Collins? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the proximity of these two teams is so close. Uh, the rivalry has gone on so long and the intensity of the rivalry. I mean, whether it's in the community, whether it's from um, donors and alumni or our players, I mean, you can feel the intensity of the game. Uh, 
So, you know, I've been a part of rivalries and I just love that emotion and that intensity. Um, I, I think that the uh, pandemic is, you know, unfortunately with, you know, the fans are a part of that. That's, that's the, that's the thing that I think we'll miss, you know, and that the pageantry, um, and the emotion of your fans and all that stuff, it just goes in it. But, uh, I've learned how intense this rivalry really is and how important it really is. So I've got a good good feel for that. Nothing like rivalry week. Man, we had a had an opportunity on Monday to speak with Steve Adazio as well as multiple other players. I had some other availability later in the week with the coordinators, so all kinds of content coming your way as far as podcast and written form. Never a better time to be a DNVR Ram subscriber than right now. Uh, definitely go check that out if you've been on the fence. I'm telling you, it's a great time. We got Nuggets coverage, Avs coverage, Broncos coverage, Buffs coverage, I guess, if you're into that. Just kidding. Love you, Henry. Does a great job. But yeah, we're uh, we're, we're talking all kinds of Border war stuff throughout this week. And I think the where we have to start is the quarterback position because I think that's that's what everybody wants to know right now after, you know, the Todd Santeo gamble, I guess I would call it, you know, kind of crashed and burned for CSU a little bit. I've, I've said multiple times, that's not the reason that they lost the football game. You know, you can't, you can't pin it solely on Todd Santeo. That would not be even remotely fair. I mean, there was so much that was wonky about this training camp. He's missing multiple weapons and and because of that, you know, Kevin Lytle brought up a great point on my podcast. You know, one could question if it was the right decision to give him his first start, just given the lack of weapons around him. You know, that's not exactly, you know, setting him up for success, but they they decided that they needed to go with the the running option. They wanted to run it down their throat. You can't really blame them, especially given what Hawaii did the week before, which was essentially, you know, spread the Fresno State defense out and let Cordero kind of pick him apart with his legs. Yeah, he used his arm, beat him downfield more than CSU was able to. But, you know, the the main reason they dominated that game was what they were able to do on the ground. CSU tried to replicate that, they failed. What do you do against Wyoming now, who's a much more stout defense, who absolutely stifled that same Hawaii rushing offense that went off against Fresno State? Well, to me, I think to most of the fan base, it's, it's kind of pretty obvious in terms of what you do at quarterback. You go to Patrick O'Brien. Now, I've I've been I've had people tweeting at me. You know, what are you hearing? Are there any rumors? I'll I'll go ahead and just like put it out there. Patrick O'Brien is going to start this game. Does he get all of the snaps? We shall see. It'll be O'Brien that takes the reps with the starters, though. That's what they're planning on. That's what you know they they plan on doing. I I think you have to. I I honestly don't know. You know, if you go to Centeo here and it doesn't work, you've just you put yourself in such an awkward situation because you probably lose the fans at that point. You probably lose Patrick at that point. And who knows what happens to Todd's confidence at that point. So I just think it makes sense to go to Patrick with, for, for so many reasons. And, you know, again, I, I want to clarify this. This is not to say that, you know, oh, Centeo sucks or, or something like that. I, I don't believe that. And and I I really don't think he's as bad of a passer as it, it maybe appeared to be in that Fresno State game. There were some rough throws. The the two missed touchdowns certainly accentuated the issues. But you know there were some pretty key drops at the end of that first half. Uh, there was there was one in the in the second half as well. So 
you know, was he phenomenal? No, not by any means, but nobody was doing him any favors out there in terms of the receivers. So I, I just think it was a weird game all around. Fresno State kind of punched him in the mouth a little bit. Once they went down multiple scores, they were in an awkward position and they weren't really able to climb out of it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I'm just trying to look at the situation, you know, realistically and not get, you know, too just overreactionary because we've seen it so many times across the country already. Teams that have come out and looked kind of sloppy, kind of flat in week one have able to, been able to make, you know, some pretty significant adjustments going into week two. Now, I think it's fair to expect that's what CSU fans should should hope to see from the CSU team. You've got a ton of experienced players on both sides of the football. Some of those guys are transfers, but they are experienced. And and you have a coaching staff that's, you know, very much experienced and Chuck Heater, Joey Lynch has been around the block a little bit, Steve Adazio obviously, Brian White, some of these guys on staff. This is a huge huge game and what they decide schematically, what how they approach this game is going to be a big part of that. So it's it's a huge decision. Everything that I've been told is, is that it's going to be Patrick O'Brien. But I will be curious to see, you know, do you have some packages to try and shake things up and bring side Todd Santeo in and, you know, draw the defense out, maybe have some running series? I don't know. You got to manage that perfectly. I think that can be kind of a tough balance to hit right. New Orleans kind of has it, but even then you see some issues at times and I do think it gets under Drew Brees' skin when they pull him out of the game. That's just natural quarterbacks, their leaders, especially in the red zone or something. You know, you you lead the team all the way down the field and then you get pulled out. It's kind of like, what the hell? But modern football is changing. It is. So, you know, maybe maybe they can find a way to use both. And I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. But I do think you have to at least go with Patrick for the start against Wyoming. And and everything that I'm being told leads me to think that, you know, I'm I'm pretty safe in saying that it will be him. The other factor that, you know, should obviously benefit CSU this week is obviously the addition of Dante Wright and Ty McCulloch. You know, when we had a chance to talk to Joey Lynch about what those dudes bring to the offense, he was pretty frank, you know, just speed. Those dudes are burners, man. And and just having them on the field completely opens up what you are able to do as an offense. You know, you can motion them around to get your def- try and get the defense off balance. Dante is a threat to go deep at any time, but he's also, you know, a threat to take a quick screen to the house. You can use him and do some end around stuff, some wide receiver reverse type stuff, get him involved in the run game, much like how, you know, Florida used to get Percy Harvin involved back in the day. I talked about that a couple of months ago. I'm still going to come back to it. There's one play in particular that that Florida used to run with Percy Harvin where they used to start him in the slot. They, they would have a running back standing next to the quarterback out of the gun. They motion Harvin into the backfield, and it's almost kind of like a shovel pass after the, the receiver takes off after the snap. It, it's kind of like a shovel pass to him in the flat, and he was wide open so many times. Florida used to run it all the time with Harvin, and I, I know they're going to do it at some time with Dante, and, and I'm so excited when it when it ultimately gets buzzed out or something of, of that you know play design, something similar. Get creative, you know, you can. And you can get creative with with Trey McBride as well. That's another thing that they used to do, you know, at Florida with with Aaron Hernandez is, you know, line him up in the backfield. Trey's obviously a phenomenal blocker, so you can do some play action type stuff, maybe quarterback runs where Trey has to seal the edge. I don't there's just there's all kinds of stuff that you can do to just get these these very talented guys involved. You know, I just 
I didn't think that the the play calling was super creative in that first game. And and I don't really think that was, you know, Joey Lynch's fault by any means. They got down early. Obviously, they were limited with what weapons they had. Training camp, you know, who knows how much they've actually been able to successfully install. I do think you're going to have to get a little bit more creative against, you know, extremely talented defenses in Wyoming and Boise State over these next couple of weeks because they just have the intelligent and athletic defenders to kind of shut down basic stuff. So, you know, unless you just straight out go out there and punch them in the mouth, Wyoming style, which is always possible, I think that's the identity that Adazio wants to ultimately create at CSU. I just don't know if they're you know necessarily there yet. So I am I am very intrigued to see what happens with the passing offense, what happens with these wide receivers. Warren Jackson kind of torched Wyoming last year. They didn't really have any answers for him. You know, obviously didn't end up being enough to help CSU win. But it will be interesting to see, you know, if CSU can get that explosive offense going a little bit against the Cowboys. And that was kind of a big point of focus for Joey Lynch in that media availability. Cool, cool. The uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about on the offensive side of the ball is just the offensive line. And we had a chance to speak with Barry Wesley. And first, let me just say what a pleasure it is to interview Barry always. He's just such a well-spoken, such a polite, you know, just a, just a great representative of CSU football, of the community. And I love interviewing him. Just a great dude all around. But he gave us some great answers just kind of on what the border war means, the mentality you have to take. And then as well as, you know, what it's what it's been like trying to prepare for the season with all of the weird COVID stuff. You know, the, the offensive line really did not get very many reps together as a whole unit before that week one. And and Barry talked a lot about how it's kind of like getting, you know, in the groove, getting your baseball swing over the course of a season. It, it takes reps. It takes time. And I just think that fans are going to enjoy what he had to say. The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right, if you bet you can do it risk-free Sunday up to $100. This weekend, Denver is taking on Atlanta in a cash, in a clash, I should say, of two high-flying offense. So get in on all of the action now. That's not the only thing DraftKings is offering, though. DraftKings has odds boosts every single Sunday to help you make it rain. Plus, you know they're safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code RAINBOW when you sign up and get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bet of up to $100. That's right, you bet they cover up to $100 when you use the promo code RAINBOW during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
looking at myself. I don't know who to look at. Hey, Barry, this is Mike Brohard from CSU. Hey, Mike, how's it going? When it comes to rivalry games and the border war, is it an emotional week or is it mostly an emotional game? Oh, you know, it's emotional everything. You know, the week, you know, right after the game, I was thinking about, you know, Fresno obviously wasn't a good game for us. Um, but, you know, we got to switch into that next mindset. And for me, right after that game, it was all right. I know what's coming. And this whole week of preparation, everything is crucial. You know, practice each day, each rep is important. So I would say it's both the week and the game. You know, both are completely different. You know, trying to prepare for it mentally, you know, it's different once you're actually in in the game, you know, in, in that experience. And with COVID, it's going to be completely different. Because, you know, you got fans screaming and yelling. Um, but with this year, you know, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. When you look at your traditional run game, I know Toddy had some success and, and Mark has had a couple big runs. Uh, but when you went back and looked at the tape, what are the things you guys are focusing on to get that more traditional run game where you guys want it? Um, I think it's just limiting mistakes. You know, we had a couple of, you know, crucial mistakes that prevented us from you know, either it killed our momentum or prevented us from scoring. So we, we got to limit those. And we got I thought we did a decent job of communicating up front, you know, communicating what Keith, Keith, uh, Keith said, uh, excuse me, uh, what Keith saw or sees on the left side and, you know, how that affects the right side of the line and vice versa. So I thought we did a decent job of that last week. And I think we need to, you know, continue to do that this week with not only the offensive line, but with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Um, so, and that's something that we've actually been pushing hard on the last couple of days. Uh, just trying to, you know, communicate, limit those mistakes. That way we don't kill the drive, you know, and we end up with points. Hey, Barry, this is Justin from DNVR. Can you hear me? Yes, Justin, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Doing well. Keeping things, you know, on the, the conversation with the offensive line and, you know, trying to come together, did it make things really difficult for you guys, given how wonky training camp was with the COVID stuff, trying to plug and play three Boston College transfers? I mean, it's not like you guys had a ton of reps together as a starting unit. Yeah, you know, it's definitely tough. Uh, I remember, you know, when the, the BC guys first got here, you know, I was just trying to get to know them and trying to get to know their play style and you know who they really are as a person. And just being able to, you know, get reps with them and get in practice and get live you know, go after it a little bit, you kind of see what they're made of. And, you know, that's, it's that equal amount of energy. You know, I give them a lot, they give me a lot, and I know that I got their back and they got mine. So it's just that equal transfer of, you know, just trust. And, you know, those, those guys are great. Um, a couple, the offensive line actually had a, a quarantine issue where some guys were out for uh, uh, contact tracing. So we had a lot of guys that were out and, you know, a lot of young guys had to step up and they did a good job, you know being thrown in the fire that early and kind of at first, you know, they're running around with their head cut off, but eventually they, they figured it out. And, you know, I think that's good for them. And then once the guys got older guys got back, you know, it's kind of like smooth sailing. And it was a little rough at first, you know, just because I think it was 14 days I was out, like just not being able to, you know, fully participate in practice. Um, so you kind of got to knock off the rust and you kind of got to get back into, you know, that smooth transition. You know, I like to think of it as like a baseball swing. You know, your, your swing kind of gets, you know, you get more comfortable with it as the season goes on. And to have a pause like that, you know, kind of kind of built some rust. The other thing I wanted to ask you, you were on the team the last time that Wyoming won in Fort Collins. They obviously, you know, danced on the field, chanted it sucks to be a CSU Ram. They played that on the big screen throughout practice last week. You know, does that moment stick out in your head still? 
are you guys doing anything as far as motivational tactics this week? Uh, I think, you know, the game itself is motivation. You know, I was actually just telling, you know, Cam Reddy, you know, what they did my freshman year, you know, my redshirt season when we had the boot and they ran across the field and took it from us. You know, trying to describe that feeling is, you know, it's, it's hard to, to reflect on that and try to get someone else to understand that. Um, but I think, you know, Cam and all those guys know the importance of this week and how important it is to the guys that have been here. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like not for me.